0: subtle point and very, very profound. So his question is, is there a difference between believing in someone and simply following that person? What a remarkable uh, question. There is a word called, a phrase, believe in somebody. Then you say believe somebody. And I learned the difference when I was in grade 7. Professor Sharma taught me the difference between saying, I believe somebody versus I believe in somebody. That's the difference between following and believing in. When you believe somebody, you follow them. But when you believe in somebody, then following becomes secondary. That's a given. And you may not actually follow that person, actually. When you believe in somebody, you just trust them. If somebody says something, you say, you say, I believe you. If somebody says, I don't think I can do this, but you say, I believe in you, you can. So believing in somebody is a much higher form of trust. It means you trust that person. That person is saying, do this, you trust that person, you believe in that person as opposed to simply following somebody, which is at a more surface level. You you believe when you drive that there is going to be road ahead of you. That I'm, I will just keep driving, I will keep seeing my 20 meters off-road. Even if you, you are driving... Uh, if you have to drive 500 kilometers, you don't see the whole 500k. You believe in, let's say, nature or God or the system that somebody has thought this through and I will just keep driving and I'll keep seeing 20 meters ahead. That's belief, it's faith based on some experience. Following somebody, simply you want to know if this person can help me. It, doesn't, it does not necessarily mean you share a bond with that person. But when you believe in somebody, that means you've already offered that person a place in your heart, in your mind. And you have said, yes, I, I believe in this person. And then, um, now... Believing in somebody is uh, going on a joint journey. Following somebody is maintaining your, your distance. Believing in somebody is a spiritual notion. Following somebody is a very material concept. That's what I think. Who created thoughts? And how? And why? Well, it's hard to say whether animals also think or they don't. If we run brain scans on animals, you also see waves, some electrical signals there. We don't know whether they are just reacting or they are also thinking. But clearly, They're not really thinking about the future. Even a squirrel that, you know, gathers nuts, uh, it's doing so instinctively. So, I think the process of thinking is limited to humans. And that is also why our miseries are so unique. Um, if you spoke to an animal, they, I'm really sad, they won't understand what you mean. They said, you didn't get a meal, <laughs> or somebody ate your children, or somebody came to get you. So if you say, no, I had all those things, they, they would not know what does this mean that you're sad. <clears throat> so thoughts are thinking process, I do believe in that evolutionary theory that um, many, Eons ago, maybe a few hundred thousand years or, or yeah, a few hundred thousand, maybe million. There was this um, massive fire in, in the woods. And if you look at, even with all the resources we have, there were recently fires in the Amazon forest. And that went on for like more than a month. And we don't know what's happening now. Maybe they're still gone. One person's, uh, call it... Um, limited view or arrogance destroyed uh, an entire forest. So human beings had to come down from the trees onto the ground. And when they walked on the ground, then gravity caused a split in their brain from four-legged creatures walking up straight. That weight made a left brain and a right brain and a cortex in the middle. And that started the process of thinking. I was, uh, I was listening to this comedian once. I only heard a couple of sentences, but they were good, so they stayed with me. He said, clearly, Adam and Eve were the first people. They were the first bonds, and that's what the Bible says. He said, I was looking at their picture the other day, and I saw they have uh, belly buttons. And that really baffled me. Who cut their umbilical cord? If they were the firstborns, how come they have navels? So the thought of this thing of how did thought start it, that was not an overnight thing, an evolutionary process. And if we take the Vedic view or the scriptural view, then of the universal body, Purushottama, it was created with a sankalpa, which is a kind of a thought, a resolve, from the manas of Hrinyagarbha. And because everything is created by the mind our mind remains an integral part of our existence our liberation our bondage our misery our joys our pain our sorrows they're all intricately linked to our mind there is a physical reality but it's temporary and so temporary, that one could almost call it this an illusion. So when they say that, uh, that this Jagat is Mithya, while it may not entirely be true, there is some truth in it. But I don't want to go down the route of nihilism and say nothing exists. I am more inclined to believe that there is an inherent sense of emptiness in everything that exists. If you look at any physical substance, you start magnifying them, that substance, and eventually you just see some particles floating around in the air and go further. They are just uh, wave particles. So just a form of energy. But I am not a quantum physicist, and I wouldn't know what really happens at that high thing beyond reading a few books on on the subject matter. So don't quote me on that. So that's how thoughts got created, I feel. Because without brain, without human brain, without the brain, there would be no thoughts. And that's, consciousness is a function of of our existence. So that's the answer. And why they got created, well, mistakes can happen, you know. (laughs) So nature is not perfect.